Hi everyone, I'm Jason Bittner, CEO of Triple Helix Corporation, and welcome to our Helix Insider Podcast. Today I'm joined in studio by my two colleagues, Sam Sheldon, one of our senior uh, developers, and Sean Coover, who is our senior systems engineer. Welcome everybody. Today we wanted to talk about um, computer security, and in general, um, what is computer security? Sean, why don't you start us off? Uh, computer security is the uh, the the act of maintaining uh, a, a safe uh, environment for your for com your computers. Uh, this could be ranging from your ser servers to your PCs. Um, computers uh, we store a whole bunch of personal information and pertinent information and uh, information that needs to be secured on our our PCs, and we really need to keep those maintained and secure. Now, computer security, obviously, from, from your perspectives, guys, is that it's obviously very important, especially in the work that we do. And um, we also maintain that computer security is actually a responsibility of both individuals and companies. Sam, why don't you give me um, your thoughts on, on why it's important, both from a personal and from a company perspective, to maintain good security? From a personal perspective, like even outside of your work, maintaining security is going to be important just for the, just because there are things that you do not want people accessing on your computer. You might store your passwords in a password manager on your computer. You might store, you might have your banking information, your tax documents, things like that. Very important to make sure that no, that nobody can access those that you don't want to see them. And on a company perspective, it's basically the larger version of that. Your, your workplace is going to have a lot of proprietary information. They're going to have, you know, their confidential financial information. You might have other people's confidential information on your network. Makes it very important both for, you know, keeping your company secure and also other people's companies secure. I guess it would go without saying too, is that your individual security practices when you're working at a company impact the company because if you're not following good security, it could actually create a leak, right? Yeah, you can, if you, if you fall for a phishing attack, for example, while you're at work or go to a site and download a malicious file, you're opening up your work network to attacks. Right. Very good point. Sean, what are your perspectives on that? Right on track. If you're, if you're working and you, uh, if you're, uh, fall your, find yourself, um, vulnerable to any attack, then you're definitely going to open up the, the, the network for that. And that's going to be the, the entire internal network for your, your company, not just your edge network where you may be intaking information. Yeah, from your perspective, um, it impacts you directly because you're the, the guy that has to make sure everything's locked down for us, right? <laughs> that's right. I, I've, got a, um, I've got a slew of firewalls to maintain and a slew of networks to, to maintain. So... Uh, uh, we definitely need to get the uh, get those security policies just right, so that only the information that needs to get out into the inf into the wild of the internet is getting out there. Bottom line is, don't make your systems engineer angry. Got it? <laughs> exactly. Please don't. <laughs> Sam, you touched on just a, a moment ago about uh, passwords and good password management. In fact, talking about a password manager, talk to our guests about uh, our visitors about what a password manager is and, and why it's, it's a great option for helping with maintaining security. Yeah, so a password manager is basically a program, whether it's using an online tool or one that's local to your machine, which is preferred, to store all of the passwords that you might use for different sites and keep them locked up under one master password 
with the idea that you only have to personally remember your master password and can then use much more complex passwords for all the different sites you might go to. So like your banking information, your email accounts, your, or in the case of your workplace, um, having your passwords for, you know, different internal tools as well. Um, and it means that you can use much more complex, difficult to crack passwords. And it also helps you prevent password reuse if you only have to really remember that one master password. And that's an excellent point because um, I know I'm guilty of this is that before we started using a password manager, um, you would tend to use that same password in all different locations and it got to be very problematic. That's a big danger point because it means that if any of the sites that you use that password on, if, they're com if their passwords are compromised, then even if they have good security, you, you could be open to, if somebody manages to crack that password either on that site or elsewhere, anything that uses it might be impacted by, you know, that password reuse. Oh, that's an excellent point. Uh, related to um, physical device security and like your desktop computers, um, I, earlier in the internet, I was aware of, you know, uh, computer viruses and things like that. And, you know, we use software called antivirus to prevent uh, computers from beginning infected. It detects uh, a pattern or a file that might be infected and preventing it from running and whatnot. But I've noticed a trend in the security world these days where you're not actually buying antivirus anymore. You're actually now buying an entire security suite. And the suite now includes antivirus, anti-spam to prevent things coming in uh, to your inbox on your email, um, malware prevention, so something that could potentially infect the computer, but not actually visibly infect it to the point where you knew something was going up. Like it's not damaging your computer, um, but it's actually um, it maybe sinking underneath the underlayer and actually stealing data and sending it somewhere. So from that perspective, you know, we now buy these software security suites and there's very, very many of them out there. Um, just a perspective, um, I'll pass this back to you, Sean, with security suites. What have you seen in your work uh, about using suites and, and do you recommend um, using them and, and why? I definitely recommend using them. One thing that not a lot of people know is that viruses, malware, and uh, malicious software are all three different things. Uh, viruses tend to um, infect in a computer in a way that's going to steal information. Malware seem, tends to infect a computer in a way that's going to either take control of it or use it as a node for a, a larger network of computers. And there, we need to keep our, our, our computers safe from those. You can, you can pop malware by just clicking on the wrong link, and then all of a sudden your browser's downloaded a whole package that you may not be know is running on your on your PC, and when that uh, uh, when it becomes active, uh, it could place your uh, computer as a part of a botnet that's just attacking others. Right. So safe to say, these security suites are put in place for the strict purpose of actually detecting an incoming threat and preventing it from infecting you. Correct. Right. And uh, exactly, a lot of these uh, antivirus and anti malware softwares are putting plugins and browsers now just to prevent you from going into malicious links uh, that you may ha happen to click on. Uh, we all do make mistakes, but uh, it's important to be very, very vigilant when you're, when you're opening your email and just when you're browsing the internet, definitely. Yeah, I get a lot of email that basically says, uh, warning, uh, accounts payable, click here to see payment details, etc. And it's so very 
innocuous yet very basic, like very uh, almost to the point of laughably simple. But I mean, because of that, you know, the tendency might be to, oh, I've got money coming in. What is it? Click. And all of a sudden your payload's been released. And so you're in trouble. So, you know, a very good point you bring up, um, Sean. Uh, Sam, any perspectives on your end related to security software seats? Any personal stories you recall? I don't know that I have any particular personal stories, but um, I was going to ask your average user, what level of security software do you think it makes sense to have running on your PC? was actually a question that I was going to have because I know I'm not, I, I'm guilty of kind of just relying on things like Windows Defender, the built-in stuff. I recommend, uh, personally, antivirus, anti-malware, and anti-spyware, a suite that encompasses all three. Uh, spyware is becoming a big thing because they, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of these um, bad actors on the internet, they want to know uh, what information you're passing out into the, into the wild. And so keyloggers are a big thing. They'll, they'll, they'll grab your passwords without ever having to brute force them. It's because you've clicked on a bad link that's now monitoring your keyboard for every keystroke. There's ransomware, which that's a big problem for companies these days. Uh, we saw last year, or it may have been earlier this year, uh, the, uh, the Colonial Populine had, uh, had an issue with, the, uh, with ransomware, and they, they went ahead and paid it in Bitcoin because that was the only way to get it off. These actors and the, these programs are, are get, becoming more complex and more convoluted to deal with on a daily basis. So uh, these security suites are essential in, in maintaining our our distance from these bad actors. That's a good point. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the keylogger situation because keyloggers have been around for a very, very, very long time. And the idea behind them is that it just takes all of the keystrokes on the keyboard or what you're typing into like cut paste um, and what the browser is getting from, from you and actually then sending all of that, those um, uh, information uh, directly to a third-party site offline, and then they're actually taking all that information, and they're literally everything you're typing, everything you're writing is actually being sent somewhere for for someone to interrogate and potentially, you know, find the username and passwords inside of that. So, you know, having a security suite is so very important to make sure things like that aren't on, running underneath. Uh, and the other thing about these suites too, I'm aware of, is you want to make sure that you're scanning um, regularly on your computer. It, it, they do do automated scans, but sometimes those are a little bit more superficial. It's recommended that you run the actual deep scan at least once a week, if not more often, if you if you're doing something more sensitive. So all good feedback, guys. Um, Sean, I wanted to talk to you now about you mentioned earlier about the edge security versus internal security. Could you give our listeners an idea of what that means? Edge security versus internal security is um, essentially your edge is where you're able to connect to the internet um, as a as a as a company as your internal network connects out into the internet. That's your edge. Demil your any servers that you have on a demilitarized zone, any port forwarding you have on your 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 internal network that has traffic coming in connecting to your IP addresses. That's your edge. Now any any traffic that's passing along inside the, uh, the, the, network, the network itself, say you're uh, at your workstation and you're connecting to the, the server that's holding the, the time clock. That's an internal policy. Uh, that's an internal connection. And usually those uh, can be less strict when it comes to firewall policies, but you also wanna segregate out where your employees are and what those employees can connect to as well. 
You mentioned earlier just now, like the, the demilitarized zone, and what, what does that actually mean in terms of security? Uh, let's let's take the term. Uh, uh, let's take a um, a home network, for example. Uh, you'll have your your basic modem, then you have your router built in or separate. These personal re residential routers are set up so any information coming in trying to connect to your IP address, it's completely rejected unless you have any sort of port forwarding around. But a demilitarized zone will expose one PC or a set of PCs on your uh, network to the internet itself. So if they have information coming in, like a connection over port 80 is made, it's sent to that computer. That's a demilitarized zone. Um, wanted to talk about, you know, we do a lot in our programming world with uh, servers and our own machines that are in our remote offices, and yet we still have to be efficient and I wanted to understand, like, what kind of security infrastructure go, gets put in place to make sure if you're like a development team like us, where you have to work on remote machines, that we still are able to do our jobs, and yet we're still maintaining good security for both our internal network and our customers. One of the main things about that is maintaining a uniform level of access across all the developers and maintaining images of that, that access so that um, when instances are spooled up so the development team ha can get started working on a project. Uh, they already have all their permissions and all the necessary uh, access they need to get started with uh, very little in front of them that they need to wait on. So it, the idea that um, you restrict the access, but not so much that it prevents them from doing their job, I guess, correct? Exactly. You, you, want, them, you want them to be able to get going relatively quickly with uh, with nothing that that's going to block them unless that's something specific to that project. Got it. Sam, any comments on related to the internal versus external network security that we've been talking about? I feel like VPNs is probably a thing that comes up with that as well. I know that as developers often to work on something on a, say another com company's, you know, if I'm working on something for another company, I often have to log into their um, VPN in order to actually access anything at all. If I'm not on their VPN. What's a VPN? Yeah, so a VPN is a virtual private network. Um, and from, from my perspective, um, in order to get access to you know, a VPN, all I have to do is open up a network client such as, you know, we often use NetExtender, OpenVPN, things like that. Um, all I have to do is log in with my credentials and then I am, functionally on their network, and I think Sean could probably speak more to the actual details of what goes on with that. Yeah, uh, a VPN is a powerful tool for, uh, for, any, um, for any tech company who is managing their, their edge and internal networks. What it, allows, what it allows is a server sitting on a DMZ that's connectable from the internet. You'll log in using, to that server using your virtual your VPN uh, client, such as NetExtender, and what that will do is that will make an edge connection to their network and allow you onto their internal network because it, that, that server is running uh, dynamic host control protocol and uh, handing out IP addresses for their pool to allow you to get internal uh, to their network. Yeah, well, this is obviously a, a lot of interesting perspectives on security. We went over quite a bit today. So uh, what I'd like to do is I'd just like to, you know, wrap up with final comments and feedback, and maybe I'll start with you, Sam, and I'll pass it off to Sean for final feedback. So final comments on this, I mean, from my perspective as a developer and someone who's not 
deeply involved in the security of, you know, either workplace, you know, or personal. Um, password manager, change your passwords on a regular basis, use things, don't reuse your passwords, you know, be vigilant about links you click, emails you open, everything in that vein. Got it. Sean, any final comments and thoughts about what our listeners should be thinking about for their, their network security and for their companies and for their personals? One of the best things that I've always recommended for companies to do is to start moving away from a, a password system entirely and start using keys instead. If you, uh, a lot of password managers these days, you can, you can uh, encrypt your information with either a, a master password or a key or both. And that key is just something you'll want to keep um, very secure, maybe on the cloud in, a, in an encrypted file. Got it. So a new way of kind of locking down your systems then. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's not new, but it's, it's definitely taking hold where you're, you, you won't use passwords as much as you will a passphrase that unlocks your key. So uh, keys are the way to go from my perspective. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank my two special guests, Sam Sheldon and Sean Coover for my team. And this is the Helix Insider Podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time.